Welcome to Community Connecting Through Conversations with Crystal and Esme. Brought to you by the South Omaha Community Care Council and the Omaha Community Foundation. Welcome everyone to Community Connecting Through Conversations with Crystal. We are so happy um, that you're joining us um, today and we are very excited because we have a special guest um, and we're so um, she's an important person um, to our school system and so we're excited to be able to talk to her today and ask her you know what she does what um, a little bit more about what her role is so we have Dr. Cheryl Logan from the Omaha Public Schools hello Dr. Logan hi there how are you good afternoon so um, let's just jump right into it. Um, I don't know much about what a superintendent does. So I wanted to know what what is your role in OPS? Well, you know, my role is to um, execute on the strategic plan and the vision of the Board of Education uh, on behalf of the 53,000 children and their families that we serve and our 9,000 employees um, that we also um, have the opportunity to lead. Uh, I do um, pretty much everything uh, from uh, lobbying in the legislature to working on the school budget, to determining the academic vision, to in the last two years, a lot of work to support health and safety, not just for the students of the Omaha Public Schools, but for the entire community. And those are some of the things that I, that I do. Well, thank you so much for everything that you do. I imagine that um, it must not be uh, an easy role. And so the, the reason we wanted you to come you know, today and join us was just to explain a little bit more of what you do to our South Omaha community, um, to the listeners who um, are engaged. And I mean, we've seen that you have had um, meetings and people show up. So we just want to make sure that um, our community members understand really what you do and um, how they can be involved. So how, um, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, I know that you came from, was it in another state? I came from Philadelphia, mm-hmm, from the state of Pennsylvania, from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I did. Yes. Okay. I'm actually originally, I'm a lifelong Marylander. I'm from the East Coast. I grew I was born in Washington, D.C. and grew up in the Maryland suburbs of D.C., uh, and then um, as I went to the University of Maryland, I have an undergraduate degree from the University of Maryland, and I have a master's from uh, the Johns Hopkins University in Maryland, and I have a doctorate from the University of Pennsylvania that I got well, actually while I went to, when I went to Philadelphia to work. Um, but the majority of my career was in Maryland. In t- 2013, I was recruited by our former superintendent to go to Philadelphia, and I was there for five years. I went as a regional superintendent and then became the chief academic officer, which is kind of uh, similar to being the number two in a large district. There are 200,000, about 205,000 students in the Philadelphia school districts between uh, traditional public schools and charter schools uh, in in Philadelphia. And uh, um, I, um, when I was a principal, served as an elementary principal and as a high school principal, as a principal 13 years, I also uh, was a foreign language teacher and taught reading uh, English as a second language, um, Spanish, Spanish for native speakers. Um, I did that for 11 years. I taught 
when I was my 11 years of teaching include one year of elementary, four years of middle and six years of high school. So pretty much I've done every, uh, I've done every grade. Uh, I like little kids and I like big kids. Uh, so I don't really have a preference uh, for either, although I was at elementary school this morning with some kindergartners who were doing some amazing things. And then I went to a Head Start classroom and did some dancing with those little guys. Uh, they were amazing. And that's, you know, kind of a little bit about, um, a little bit about me. I've been in here, uh, been in Omaha now. I'm in my fourth year, finishing up my fourth year here. And uh, so far, it has certainly been an interesting ride. I have spent more time here in a pandemic than out of a pandemic. So there's that. And uh, there certainly have been a lot of challenges, especially for the uh, uh, Latino Hispanic community in South Omaha. Uh, I am bilingual. I am Arapanol, yo, yo era maestra español. I was a Spanish teacher. And so um, I have always been uh, served in areas where I've been able to use my Spanish. Even when I went to Philadelphia, um, I was assigned and I was a regional superintendent. I asked to be assigned to the barrio and uh, I loved it because I was on Fifth Street and I had all the barrio stores, which is great uh, at the Rivera building at Fifth and Lehigh and uh, had 26 schools there during that time. Uh, I was a, when I was a regional the first year and then I, I was good at it. So I got 45, I had 45 the second year, but um, loved my time, loved my time uh, there. Um, still talk to many people there. Pretty much every day somebody calls me about something uh, to just catch up or um, just, you know, shoot the breeze. But yeah, that's um, a little bit about my background. Oh, well, that's wonderful. We're um, so pleased to hear that you've worked um, like in the Hispanic community. That's something that um, I don't know if that a lot of maybe a lot of people in our community knew. Now you spoke about, you know, being here during a pandemic and the challenges that I mean, Omaha has faced um, as a, you know, school with the school, but uh, particularly in the South Omaha community, what did you see as like challenges or, you know, um, what can we do better to either, you know, further support? Well, first of all, the young people in the South Omaha community are amazing and so smart, interesting, innovative, um, and uh, just, uh, as I like to say, delicious. Uh, they just are fantastic. I can't, I can't say it enough. I can't say it strongly enough, um, how much promise. And uh, when I go to, uh, when I talk to UNO, uh, I don't know if you know this, but the uh, South High School always has the largest number of high school students in every freshman class, <laughs> which is fantastic. And have literally almost single-handedly as a school um, added quite a bit of diversity uh, to the University of Nebraska at Omaha. So lots of things to be um, excited about. At the beginning of the pandemic, I would say the biggest thing for um, uh, folks in, in South Omaha, especially, was that many people are self-employed or they did jobs that um, that where they didn't get leave, right? So they um, lost a lot of income initially. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I think that that was the thing that I noticed the most, obviously because of some of the jobs that people did, they were uh, more exposed to the virus. Uh, the numbers in the beginning of the pandemic, as you know, in South Omaha were astronomical mm -hmm. in terms of the number of COVID cases and mm -hmm. therefore um, that accompanied uh, some of the fatalities as well. 
um, in, in say of South Omaha, some of the poor outcomes. I think that those were some of the things I think because of folks, some, some folks have um, uh, varying uh, legal status in the, in the country. Some were not eligible for some of the benefits, although they're here contributing every day to making sure this society can go. Um, that was something that some people could not benefit uh, from. And, and so there were you know, many things that I think at the beginning and still I think are ongoing, some of the inequities that exist for, for folks um, uh, were certainly exacerbated um, by the, the pandemic. But when you have folks who are really dependent on being able to go to work every day, don't have the opportunity to work from home. They don't do those kind of jobs where you can, you know, just get on get on a, a computer and keep moving. Uh, the folks were really, uh, really heavily impacted. And these are uh, many of the folks are people that honestly keep our society going. They um, they do a, a you know a lot of jobs that are uh, fundamental and essential to keeping the um, uh, system going. Mm -hmm. And when relief came, they did not get to benefit from the relief as much. Right. Uh, I think that in terms of loans that were given to businesses and so on and so forth, and I read all that stuff. I know I'm, I'm a nerd like that and who got money and who didn't. And I know that there were people that were not as heavily considered and, were, and have been left out of the recovery. And I think that that's something that, um, you know, at some point, uh, I mean, well, I think it's past due needs to be remedied, but um, you know, those are some of the things that uh, grew out of pre-pandemic conditions uh, for our uh, citizens and our neighbors, and um, were certainly exacerbated by the pandemic. Right, and I'm going to say here with the South Omaha Community Care Council, we're working every day, and which is why you know we have this podcast. We want to talk to community members, um, leaders to see what else we can do. Um, we're trying to, you know, working with different agencies, um, really trying to get as much resources um, to the community, um, especially those that are underserved. I know um, one of the biggest things that I saw during the pandemic um, was just the technology. You guys came out with the, you know, mm -hmm. iPads to get the kids back into school. But one of the things that I um, heard a lot from the community and especially from the Hispanic community, you know, was the lack of being able to help their their children when they had technical issues or when the iPads had technical technical issues. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, at SOC or South Omaha Community Care Council are working um, with AIM to try to um, bridge that or just overcome, help community members overcome that barrier. We are um, going to start a careers in tech boot camp um, in South Omaha to be able to offer that to the community members, the Hispanic uh, population that is may not be so familiar with technology. Like you stated, you know, there are a lot of entrepreneurs, um, small businesses and hardworking people, but a lot of them is their hands on jobs and we want to make sure that we're also bridging that gap that these members also have access and even knowledge to technology. Um, is there anything that the in regards to this aspect, is there anything that the Omaha public schools is doing to aid with that? So, well, the first thing is that we provided the technology and we also provided, we added the internet access onto the iPad so that yes. 
didn't, families did not have to worry about whether or not they had internet access. That, and that was, a was very amazing. Good. Yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you. We appreciate that. That was just, we felt like that system was a fundamental thing that we um, needed to do. You know, we have on-site school support, but our partners, you know, you just talked about AIM, um, and I know Itzel is at AIM, um, and she's a wonderful, has been a wonderful partner um, for us. And I think that those are the things where the community can step in and, you know, at, you run out of people, right? And, you know, of course, right now, we all know that we're in the middle of a, of a big uh, shift and where people are choosing to work and um, how often they want to work and uh, uh, the kind of work they want to do. And I think that uh, community partners, it's a great place for community partners to step in. Mm -hmm. Their uh, community partners have trust. Uh, often their language is also, you know, is, a, is another uh, way of a uh, bridge and that people don't have to worry about, you know, language barriers. Although I think we do a pretty good job um, with, especially um, with the Spanish language and that we have many Spanish speakers in our schools and we have, you know, many bilingual liaisons that speak Spanish. We have all of our high school students, many who speak Spanish who can help younger siblings and can be a part of the solution as well. Mm -hmm. But I think that those are the things that, uh, you know, we do count on community partners and as they look for their niche on where they can participate, this mm -hmm. certainly uh, is an area where we can always use ongoing support and can um, bolster that support uh, to be even stronger in the future. So if someone, let's say a community partner who was listening to our podcast wanted to bring an idea or um, partner, who would they speak to? Who would, who would be the person or where would they even start? Well, they can always start by sending me an email and I can make sure they get to the right person. I, you know, I think I had four of those last week and I, I get a fair number of them because um, I can, you know, hand them off to the people that, that, uh, that um, work here. And um, it is helpful if the superintendent has seen it. Um, it does help uh, uh, keep those fires burning um, that people know that I, I, it's been brought to my attention. And I think that those are some things. And then we have, uh, we have a partnership office, uh, Dr. Nedley, Pat Nedley, she runs that uh, office as well. But you can always start with sending it to me at logancom at ops.org. And it's pretty straightforward. It's L-O-G-A-N-C-O-M-M at ops.org. And I will make sure that it gets in the, the right person's um, in the right person's hands. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for that information. Uh -huh. um, oh, sure. We will also be posting that on our uh, Facebook page. Oh, sure. Um, so that people have a direct connection to you. Um, what other... Um, how engaged have you seen, I mean, what's the level of engagement that you've seen um, from the community um, through this pandemic? Have parents been involved, um, community members? Well, I think parents, I think, I always think parents are involved. I think that some parents have more time and are more uh, available to engage in ways that we consider traditional. I, I, I always challenge us to not uh, be so judgmental about how parents are engaging because uh, parents are working hard to put food on the table, roof overhead and, and those kinds of things. And we uh, you know, con continue to see our parents in South Omaha as some of our most highly engaged you know, parents um, in their, you know, whether it's attending their children's um, report card conferences mm -hmm. or attending school events. 
I think that that is uh, something that we uh, continue to see uh, a, a great engagement from our community uh, in South Omaha. And I also uh, know that parents in um, uh, the community, they trust us, right? And so they don't ask as many questions and they also uh, depend on us to, to do uh, many things. And we appreciate that uh, trust. And we realize that every day we have to continue to do everything we can to uh, earn that trust mm -hmm. and to not break that trust, uh, to be good partners. Partnership is a two-way street. Uh, and so as much as you know, we want parents to be uh, our partner, we have to be a good partner uh, with them as well to meet them where they are and to support in the ways that we can identify and then listen to our parents when they say, well, these are other ways you know, that you can help that are within our scope right. because there's some things we don't do, right? So now we've done a lot of health and safety. Like right now we have our own COVID testing site. Um, we have one in North Omaha and one in South Omaha mm -hmm. we, and we're not a, we're not a hospital. <laughs> we are not a healthcare agency, but we did see a need for more COVID testing. Mm -hmm. So we got ourselves together and you know, we're able to partner with Children's Hospital and do more, more COVID testing. Um, we run a lot of vaccine clinics and uh, participate in vaccine clinics. As a matter of fact, this past weekend, we, uh, our Somali community asked us to do some things around uh, testing, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, about, around um, education, around the vaccine. We were able to find a uh, Muslim doctor mm -hmm. uh, who actually who speaks Arabic and and although our Somali families there's some that speak Arabic but most of them they they speak uh, uh, the Somali language um, they he was able to do the um, presentation in Arabic mm -hmm. and it was translated from Arabic to uh, Somali which was kind of awesome because there's just a difference right because the person although they share different languages they shared a common faith Yes, And so for him to be able to do that uh, was really um, tremendous. And actually the doctor, his name is Dr. Salahedin. He, uh, from Children's Hospital, mm -hmm. uh, asked, man, I want to come back to more opportunities like this. And, and that was just terrific. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, that's, and I'm glad that you share that with us, you know, because I'm not sure that a lot of... Um, it, like our community knows, like those are the approaches and you're thinking out of the box as well. Um, and that, you know, a community that reached out to you can, um, you guys help out. So I just wanted to um, also just kind of, like I said, point out that, you know, you do have a lot of community partners and they are, in, they were engaged. Mm -hmm. um, a few things that we also kind of hear. So I want to give you a little bit of my, ba of my background. Um, I, I'm a very involved parent as well with my children, but I also run um, a business which is working with youth um, in the criminal justice system. So I work with youth who are on probation. And so a lot of the times, you know, I am working when you're having board, you know, uh, school board meetings and I'm not able to attend. For those parents that are kind of in my similar situation, what is something that we can do um, to still kind of share our opinion regarding things that are happening with the school district? Well, you can always, you know, write, call, you can always call us, but you can always write us 
you can email us or you know you can use snail mail but we you know we uh, respond uh, pretty quickly with our email you know I always suggest that the best engagement is at your child's school because that's where all the magic happens uh, you know typically we're we're trying to uh, figure out things that may have gone wrong mm -hmm. um, if they get if they're they're here but the the all the magic happens at your at your child's school so I I strongly suggest that if there are policy issues, you know, emailing me, you mm -hmm. also have, you know, a board member, you have two board members in the Southern part of our district, um, Tracy Cassidy, um, who um, is in one, one district. And then we have a new board member, Ms. Juarez, uh, Marco Juarez, who's in the other, uh, the, the district. And they can both, you can email both of them around policy kinds of things. But if it's around the running of the school district and that those things would come should come directly to me. But I think, you know, those are things if you have advocacy, but I always encourage uh, the work at the school level because that's where most parents are going to, 99% of our parents are always going to engage. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where the, you know, the change, the quickest change can happen. Okay. Yeah. And then, like I said, I, I work with um, youth who are on probation and there's been a mm -hmm. couple of, uh, you know, incidents that had happened within the schools that, specifically mm -hmm. like you know um south high school mm -hmm. um and parents have concern you know for now like physical safety can mm -hmm. you share um some of the things that the omaha public schools does you know in-house that maybe the community is not aware of um to kind of help with behavioral issues or when things escalate well, I think a lot of things. I think one of the things that we try to do is to know our children, right? Because mm -hmm. that's the best way to um, not have things happen is to understand what's going on with them, to understand where problems may be brewing. You know, uh, uh, you know, we have very large high schools here, right? And there's a, you know, they're little cities, right? And so all the things that go on in cities that you think about go on in high schools. And I think that those are some of the ways that some of the ways that we do that is through relationships, uh, through students um, having someone, an adult that they trust that they can talk to, um, by having those open uh, uh, conversations with parents, with relying on parents to uh, give us, uh, you know, information or notice or heads up that you know something's going on with their child and they may need extra support. I think that those are all the ways. Of course, we work with, uh, you know, uh, you know, we work with the police department and those kinds of agencies, you know, if there is an issue. And, and, and we have, of course, you know, uh, school resource officers at our schools, but most of the intervention happens way before it gets um, to those uh, kinds of, of incidents. And, um, you know, it's important that kids let us know what's happening. I think that one of the things that was that we noticed when kids came back was we had so many children who were remote last year. And I will say the percentages were very high of remote learners were higher in uh, South Omaha and North Omaha of children who decided mm -hmm. to be, um, who sort of decided to stay remote all year. And, you know, however you feel about that, it, you know, it had an impact mm -hmm. on connection because a lot of it is, you know, people, students feel connected to school. So we, spending this year really rebuilding connection uh, for our young people uh, so that they do trust us, so they do share information with us and they realize that all adults in school buildings are there to keep them safe. 
Okay. Because like yeah, and that's great to know. Um, we know one of the things I just before we get off the call too and just clarify. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if a if a young person reports to a school that they're getting bullied or that something's happening with another student, who is the person? I know they they usually contact a trusted adult adult within the school, mm-hmm. but if what is the I guess procedure when somebody does you know, say, Hey, I'm getting bullied at school. What's usually what happens just kind of so our parents know. Um, no, yeah. So no, it's a great, no, it's a great thing to always review. Um, as you, you never can talk about it too much. I don't think, I think that, you know, they start off with the person that's closest to the child, whether it's the teacher that's aware. Cause I always think in elementary school, it's always the teacher first mm-hmm. because they, you know, the elementary relationship is so, um, so close, right. They have yeah. one homeroom teacher who they spend, I'm the majority of their day with. Um, and I think, you know, once they get to middle and high school, it can be their school administrator, whether it's the principal or the assistant principal. Um, those are the people that they can use or the guidance counselor to let folks, uh, to let people know that there may be some something going on with their child. Um, and the, the pa- family knows that the child is going to need support. Okay. Yeah, because we want to make sure that, you know, our parents... Um, know that things are, you know, that the school is working hard to protect their children. And, you know, those things we've heard um, within the community, they report it. And then, you know, kids continue, um, kids continue to, you know, be mean to each other and bully. Um, Also, I know I had read somewhere that you were inviting parents, or was that a inviting parents to come into the schools and help during, maybe does it during passing periods? Well, no, not not so we invited parents into schools to um, to serve as what we call concierge. They get paid twelve dollars an hour. They have to, you know, they have to fill out a form and and they have to pass a background check. That's you know because that's just part of our process. But parents can work as little as uh, five hours, seven hours, ten hours, fifteen hours uh, a week, and to provide schools with some support working in the cafeteria while we are you know, we're in the staffing shortage, we're going to be in the staffing shortage for some time, and to kind of go from there. Okay, and where could they find information for the concierge position? Um, right from our website, which is um, where our, um, where we, where they can see our human resources office. If you send me um, an email, or I'll make sure Rhoda can send an email uh, with a link to it uh, to, uh, to you uh, at the conclusion of this call. Oh, thank you. That would be wonderful. Of course. Um, so that we could share that on our um, Facebook page um, and give more information because I know some parents were, um, they were interested, but we we didn't know what it was called. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and I want to thank you so much for, for taking the time today to um, sit, interview with us, talk to us. I definitely feel like uh, we we probably should have you back on. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have, whenever. I'm you know, happy to be on. <laughs> and if you're ever um, available, I know you're very busy, but we also have our South Omaha Community Care Council networking meetings on the odd months, on the third Wednesday of uh, the month mm-hmm. between 11 and 1 um, you're more than welcome. We will probably send you those invites now that we have your email. We know that we have representatives from Omaha Public Schools, um, you know, come to these meetings and we're working closely um, with the grassroots leadership program as well. But just yeah. so we, you know, have 
community members who maybe want to meet you and, you know, see you at one of our meetings, that would be, that would be amazing. If um, you invite me, I will come. Oh, so there you we'll come. send yeah. you that invite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And just to close, um, what's, um, I know you said you were from out of, so we were from out of town. And so uh-huh. what, what drew you to Omaha, to our beautiful city? Um, so one of the things that um, drew me here to this particular school district is the um, demographics, actually, quite frankly, of the school district. Um, uh, I thrive um, in diverse environments. Um, there are a lot of English language learners here. So that's my background. Um, as I've shared with you, um, I'm a bilingual. So I wanted to be able to serve in a community where that gives me, that is value add that I'm bilingual. You know, I. Um, uh, you know, do some of my uh, talks, you know, in Spanish if, mm-hmm. if, if needed or, um, you know, desired. Um, and so that to me um, are some of the reasons that, um, and I like the size of the school district. It's not too big. Mm-hmm. It's like the three little bears is just right. Oh. And um, <laughs> so that part of it um, is also uh, something that drew me here uh, to work. And uh, now I'm uh, it's been almost four years since I was appointed. Um, I started here on July 1, and I am uh, tickled to be here uh, serving. I'm very excited about the opening of our next uh, set of schools. We're opening five new schools, as you may know, for, yes. this year, for this year and one the following year, and four out of the five are in South Omaha, as you may know. Yeah, and so, I was going to say, as a, as a parent and community member, I'm... I'm very pleased to to know that some of these are in South Omaha. Um, I myself was a South uh, South High School graduate from '04, <laughs> and I uh-huh. when I was in attendance, I felt like there was so many kids in that school. So yeah. I I'm so glad that there's schools being built um, here in South Omaha. You know, because we are a growing growing That's population. Um, uh, so we just. We're so happy, you know, and thankful for the things that you're doing. And we would love um, to support in any way. Um, like I said, you know, have parents who are engaged and that might, you know, we may not be able to do stuff the traditional way. But mm-hmm. I want to make sure that, you know, I also with South Omaha Community Care Council run the advocacy uh, committee. And so anything that we can do to su- further support, um, mm-hmm. we would love to because we love it when our um you know, school, like like superintendents or just school officials are very involved and they care about our community. So mm-hmm. we definitely, we definitely uh, support those who, who really enjoy and feel part of our community. And with that, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time um, to meet with us today. Like I said, hopefully we can get you back on the podcast again and talk more um, about what, what else is going on in Omaha Public Schools. So thank you so much. You are very welcome. And I will, um, I do invite you to uh, connect with Rhoda and I'd be happy to take members of your council on a tour of our, uh, of our four new schools in South Omaha uh, sometime in early spring. So if you Thank contact you. Rhoda, we'll schedule a, schedule a little tour and we'll get a little bus. We can all get on the yellow bus and, and go and visit those uh, four schools. It'll be fun. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. It's great to see you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Mm -hmm. Bye.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Community Connecting Through Conversations with Crystal and Esme. Brought to you by the South Omaha Community Care Council and the Omaha Community Foundation. 